This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Said, I know it was shit. Critics said it was shit. Everybody else said it was shit, but I still had to watch it. <laughs> I was like, oh, there you go. Stan Bones' like 2021 quote right there. <laughs> That's going to be on my gravestone, I think. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1984 to look at the, it's like a cult classic karate movie from the 80s, and that's right, guys, it's the Karate Kid. And joining me today for the show, couldn't think of anybody better to join me for this episode because it's you know it's a big movie for this guy. He's going to be joining me for today, and that is Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. Dan, how you doing, mate? Bonsai. <laughs> Bonsai. Yeah. If I should have called you Daniel's son tonight, you know what I mean? Just gone straight in there for that bit of cheese. <sighs> if you could refer to me as Daniel's son for this episode, mm, I'd son, appreciate yeah, that. Please. I will do, Thank mate. You. Yeah, I'll do that. So but that means that, that means you're my Mister Miyagi. So, I'm your you know, that's... maintenance guy. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I actually know a guy who's kind of like this character. Um, and he is a he's a lovely bloke. He's a, he's a cleaner. He's actually uh, Portuguese. He's the nicest bloke in the world. And we all say, I bet there's something about him. Do you know what I mean? I bet he's either like ex-military or he could probably try and kick your ass and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I think these types of characters are out there. Do you know what I mean? These mentors sort of just that come out to help you in whatever it is yeah, you're it's going always, through. Always the quiet ones, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of films where people like that have blended in, you know, trying to get back into society. I can think of films, probably somebody like Liam Neeson or somebody, you know, the character has seen some terrible things, done some terrible things. They just want to relax, but they just won't let it lie. And they have to come back out of retirement for one yeah, last. that's it. it you know. Is a, is a common thread, isn't it? Where they just want to sort of, like you say, they just want to get their head down. A bit like, um, was it that film Sexy Beast, isn't it? Um, which is probably... Yeah. Same sort of thing, isn't he? Wants to come out, or I can't remember. Is it Ben Kingsley trying to force him out of retirement? Which is, uh, yeah, another crazy movie. Crazy indeed. It's but scary. Before we get into <laughs> the Karate Kid, because like I say, Dan, we'll get into that later on. And that's, uh, you know, it's a passionate movie for you. Um, what else have you been up to, mate? Uh, what have you been watching? Um, what shit you've been well. watching? <laughs> What shit have I been watching? You want to know? You want to know? I'll just cut straight to that then. I think I know where you're going to cut straight um, to, actually. I think you do. I think you do. I think you know what I'm going to be talking about, Gary Boosie. Yeah, go on. In uh, a little film called The Ginger Dead Man. Yeah, yeah. I saw you. Um, yeah, I saw you post that. In fact, it's it's uh, it's a funny movie that because it's kind of created quite a lot of sequels, isn't it? I yeah, there's about I think there's two sequels to it and a crossover. I mean, how the hell did you get a sequel out of that? You know, because it's... <laughs> I wonder if everybody be watching The Ginger, Ginger Dead Man or whatever. You know, just... I don't actually know if Gary Boosie comes back. Mm. Um, for this, but I can find out. 
uh, in a moment. But um, yeah, basically Gary Busey is. Is have you seen that film um, called Shocker? Uh, it's a Wes Craven movie. Yes, I have. About yeah. The guy. Yeah. Yes, it's kind of like that. It, it reminded me of that in a way. A serial killer, or even Chucky, a serial killer sort of dies in the opening scene and then comes back in a different way. And it's Gary also, Busey comes back as a gingerbread man. It's also the premises for um, maybe think a house for, which isn't a house movie, but it's similar sort of things. It shocker guy gets electrocuted. Absolutely, like that, isn't it? So yeah, um, yeah. All right. Did did you enjoy it? Is there anything in there that you sort of thought, yeah, that was okay, or was it totally bad? Or? Do you know what? It w- it was bad, but it was. I've seen worse. Obviously, I've mm. seen worse. Um, and it was all right. Uh, you know, it, Gary Busey. If it wasn't Gary Busey doing the voice of the puppet of the little ginger dead guy, mm. it wouldn't have been any good. But the acting was terrible. Apart from Gary Busey, it was kind of like. Just you know, be like Nicolas Cage appearing in a movie like that. Really, you know? <laughs> he, he's he's why you're there. Really, you're there for uh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey alone. I think um, um, Nicolas Cage should be in a film like that, really, shouldn't he? That sort of title. I'm sure, we take it on. I'd love that. I'd love him to be in a film where you know, like a puppet comes alive and it's his voice or something like that, or a dog. <laughs> I don't know. Some... <laughs> a puppet, Nicolas Cage going around trying to kill you or something like that. Oh man, yeah, I could see that. That's that's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? Um, talking to Nicholas Cage, just whilst we're there, we're going to be doing an episode on him, aren't we, soon? Which is that's going to be exciting. We talked about that, didn't we? Um, yeah. We'll have to think of uh, an appropriate film. Um, oh, no, I'm just I'm just thinking we'll just go, we just talk about him and everything that he's done. I oh, think. my God, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go the whole sort of how he started out. And we'll just go from there. I think we'll just let. In fact, I think we we'll just make it up as we go along with that episode. Yeah, we can just we can talk through his various roles, various films, some of his more memorable, crazy roles because they're pretty much all like that. And in fact, as we always, he always comes back up in conversation. But he is having such a resurgence at the moment. Oh yeah. Isn't he? Well, I was going to say, Dan, is that once you get into the cage with Nicholas Cage, you can't get out of the cage. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Cage uncaged, baby. uncaged. Yeah, that's it. So we'll get into that. Um, another movie I think you, you've been talking about as well. Uh, was it? Was it Hatchet or something like that? Was it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh. Man, it, I'll tell you what. It's unusual for you to be saying I don't like that movie. I, I, I this yeah. is really coming. This came up on my show a couple of times mm. now, and um, I'm not going to slate it too much because I know it's got a huge following. But I. Uh, I gave. I said to Gav about this a couple of episodes ago on, on my show that I didn't like Hatchet, and then I thought to myself, actually, I'm going to give it another chance. Um, I had all four of them, and I couldn't remember if I'd seen two or three. I know I'd seen four. Mm. Weird, because it doesn't really matter if you haven't seen them in order. So I watched one, two, and three the other night, and I just it was just really not that fussed. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. I feel like I'm missing out, though. It's that kind of thing where you know that so many people love it, yeah. and it's got a huge following, and it's 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 like a, a love letter to the types of film that I love, like Jason movies. But I just can't seem to grasp it. I don't like it. Mm, I know <laughs> it's funny isn't it? when you get a film like that where you think I should really enjoy this, but I don't, and it's got everything in it. But um, what I did like about I haven't seen it, but I quite like the cover art 
for the first one. I think it was an arrow cover art. I know you should never sort of look at cover art and judge it by that, but it looked pretty cool. <laughs> it looks yeah, in, no, it's, it, got, it's definitely got that throwback vibe. Hmm, it looks inviting, that's what I'm trying to say. But, uh, maybe Do you know what, RJ? Throw it on on a Friday night with a few beers, 11 o'clock at night, and you will enjoy it, I'm sure. Well, mate, um, that, is, that, is my, that is my building block, mate, you know what I mean? 11 o'clock, you can't go wrong. It's almost I like often I'm... think of you at 11, <laughs> midnight, I think, I bet he's just cracking open one beer now, <laughs> just pressing play <laughs> yes. on his old John Carpenter VHS. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the um, is it Cinderella rule. Like, if you watch something at 11 o'clock, between 11 and midnight, it makes shit, makes shit look good. <laughs> so... Does make After shit that, look good. That sounds like sounds like something Will Smith would say. Make shit look good. Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, it's weird. It's just that funny thing, isn't it? It's just, yeah. But you've been watching Wonder Vision as well, haven't you? Just going on to that. I was just about to ask you if you if you'd started watching that because obviously you know we we're going to be talking about Cobra Kai, I expect at some point. And um, we talked about the Mandalorian, but there is a new show on Disney Plus that everyone is raving about. Yeah, Wonder Vision. I'm a little bit um, late to the table with that. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I've seen you post it and say good things about it. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's. I can't talk about it. Yes, because sure. It's one of those things. But um, they've only released five episodes so far, and it's it's really reminded me of how exciting program television was back in the day, where you waited, you know, for that. Oh, I used to wait. I used to wait for Quantum yeah. Leap every Thursday night. I'd be, yeah. oh, tonight's Quantum Leap. I can't wait. Or X Files, you know, yes. or yeah. whatever it was. Oh. We're spoiled, aren't we? Now, well, we, we get are, everything yeah. in one go. Mm-hmm. That's it. I guess we are, because I suppose. Back in those days, you wanted everything, didn't you? Like you said, with Quantum Leap, you probably wanted all the episodes. But it does create yeah. that sort of excitement. And um, I guess it's that sort of thing where you've got that excitement and it can sort of take you into the next day where you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So it just kind of creates that, doesn't it? So it's a good Well, because, because it's so intriguing mm. and there's so much going on with it and it's very mysterious in the way it's set and the way, the way the format of the show is really unlike anything I've seen before yeah. and because of that I find myself the day after it's been on I go on YouTube and I watch two or three videos where they break down the episode and they show you all the easter eggs and things you might have missed and then there's the theories and I'm really getting back into it like I did I guess like when Lost came out or oh, Twin Peaks oh yeah mm, that was phenomenal you know, the, mm. yeah Lost had so many cool, theories yeah. you know oh, what yeah. do the numbers mean where are, where are, are they dead what's happening and this is like that you know there's so much to try and work out Lost, um, that was an interesting show because it really delved into a lot of mysterious stuff that goes on on a day-to-day basis. It's um, I won't go into it too much because there's quite a lot to talk about with Lost, actually. It's funny. Um, it's, it's a show that I can imagine you, you really... I mean, I loved it and I can imagine you really liked that show as well. I liked it that much that I've actually got Jack's tattoo on my shoulder. Ha! <laughs> <Yeah>. Amazing! <laughs> It says it's, it's Stranger in a Strange Land or something. I kind of liked it. So, yeah, I got his tap. Um, Amazing. Go, so. um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, what was I going to say? This, there was a point I was going to make out of that. Oh, yeah, no, quick shout-out to Kate Pollock. That's it. Because I don't know anything about WandaVision, but you guys were talking on 
Facebook or something yeah. and Kate put on there just made me laugh she said what Marvel have done this I'm trying to act surprised or something <laughs> <laughs> this they, I mean yeah without spoiling it no, no, again, yeah, I'm not sure. going to no, any sure, stuff, but right. they, they really have changed everything that they've done mm. it's just been flipped on its head oh okay um, you know, that's it. That's all I can say. Yeah, I know. It's 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 really intriguing, and it's made me realise just how much I love. I've always loved Vision. I've got a tattoo of Vision on my leg. You have. But I, I love Wanda. Yeah, I got I got Vision and Stanley. Got six Marvel characters on my leg in the shape of a comic wow. book. Wow. Okay. Is that the Vision as a Paul Bettany one, or is that the one from the comic? From... It's the seventies drawn. It's like from the comics. Yeah, because um, I watched. Yeah. Um, Oh, just a little, little segue here. I watched Die Hard 4.0. Oh, yeah. And when they go to the basement, there's a dude in there. He's got like a little vision doll. I just know, I don't know why that came into my mind, but I just saw it. I just thought, oh, look, there's vision. No, that was it. So, Is that, that's Kevin Smith, isn't it? Is that yes, that's thing? right. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> you know, we're doing my rig. Don't touch my computer. You know, 666 <laughs> on his, you know, TY. I just thought, I thought, fuck me, it's us, isn't it, really? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like you and me, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I see people like that. I think I think of you. I think of Gav. I think that's all of us. I'm Legion. That's we're all like that, aren't we? <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, that's that's my six 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 two way radio to Bo Rands or whenever I need him. You know, <laughs> just in case the shit goes down. You know. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, all I say is enjoy one division, and if you like Marvel. You're going to really enjoy yeah, this. Yeah, no, I look forward to it. I've been, um, uh, me and Bex, we've been watching some sort of crime stuff. We watched The Serpent. I don't know if you've watched that. It was on I've heard of that. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, we yeah we got into that one Sunday afternoon and then we just completely binged it. So again, I can't really, it's based on a true story, but again, I don't want to spoil it, but it's very good. Yeah, so we, we got into that. And we also got into... I don't know if it's your thing. We got into the Queen's Gambit as well on Netflix, which is pretty cool. Again, my wife loved it. She yeah, it. yeah. I just uh, we watched it and we thought, yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's, there is some really good stuff about it at the moment. Really, really good stuff. Quite surprised. One thing about lockdown is you cannot be bored really with television and films. No, that's right. No, that's it. There's um, some good stuff, and and of course I've been building a load of shit, Dan, as you probably know. You see my stuff, so yeah. <laughs> I've seen so so <clears throat> from my memory you've mm. recently started building the well you built the hollow chess board yes. from Star Wars yeah and you built a couple of the pieces now yeah the figures because um, I spoke to someone at work and they said are you going to get a 3D printer and I said no I want to try and do it myself so <laughs> got into a little bit of the old clay modelling mate never done it before and um, yeah not too bad I don't mind saying myself Sort of I like off. it. It looks really good. Yeah, you I made, made some <laughs> some ships as well, haven't you? Right, I made the uh, Nell from Battle Beyond the Stars. It is a fantastic looking craft, and um, I've always wanted to make it, but I didn't know how but until I got into this. I thought I could shape it because it's kind of like it's a bit like HR Giga, where it's kind yeah. of bits of body parts all put together, and that you know, it's got a pair of boobs on it and things like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hell of a piece. HR Giger, eh? Yeah, this put is boobs it. on everything. Put he? boobs on everything. Yeah, you got all sorts of weird shit. Um, 
but I've been I've had to lay off though, Dan, because I've been building this stuff so much, right? I shit you not. Bex was saying, yeah, you're gonna sort of break for dinner. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got up and I was almost dizzy. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like oh, concentrating gosh. that much. I was like, oh fucking hell. <laughs> the bloody room's starting to spin around, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> also, you must now have a man cave just full of replica weapons and, you know, uh, models and ships, swords, guns. Oh, it's just mate. crazy. Honest to God, Dan, I don't know where this has come from all of a sudden. It's just, it's just taken off, do you know what I mean? I just, <laughs> it's crazy. I think yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, when I start getting I into still, something. I still think my favourite thing is a couple of things you made from Kroll. The axe and the... the oh, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed making that, actually. And um, it's funny because when I make this stuff, I put the um, I put some sci-fi soundtracks on in the shed. Oh, nice. And it's almost like I feel I'll get into character or actually go to that world, so... When I was making the alien stuff, I felt like I was in Aliens, you know, as a sort of colonial marine or Kroll. Felt like I was there. It's weird. I suppose it's the same as you, you know. When you, I know you've done a bit of acting, you kind of get into these yeah. sort of characters, don't you? Yeah. So. Well, when I do some, when I do script writing, I tend to put soundtracks on, and I think Gav does the same as yeah. well. We tend to put on, you know, just something like John Carpenter works well, depending on what you're writing, or, mm. or just some some sci-fi, some synth electro 80s type stuff really gets me into that that mind frame do you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean um actually a little shout out to gav as well because um i usually shout out he does the backing music to this from abstract 85 album he's got i've listened Mm. to his latest one as well it's the vinyl pervert it's called (laughs) yeah that's gav a vinyl pervert yeah there you go i like that yeah (laughs) <laughs> but there's some good stuff on there do you know what I mean I really like it. it's got his um, signature um, to it which I could hear I'll give him a little plug now he's just released all of his music I believe it's about 10 or more years worth of music right. uh, he's just re- decided to release it all onto Spotify I think SoundCloud and a couple of other things as well um, so if, if anyone out there is interested uh, if you like the music that you can hear at the moment on this episode yeah go check uh, it out guys yeah if you love anything like yeah. John Carpenter plus I like to say there's a there's a signature there with Gav's music I can hear it on your show as well when I you know yeah. what I mean? it's just something about it I don't know it's just I, I, it's to the point now where I'd go oh, yeah, I think Gav Chucky still made that do you know what I mean so it's kind of like um, good stuff man it's good so, uh, Indeed. Right, so we, shall we um, shall we get into this movie then, mate? Shall we uh, play a trailer? Get into yeah. the old uh, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi's maintenance office and start to learn some karate and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'll start painting this fence over there. And if you Ooh. start sanding that floor over there. Wax on, uh, wax off. Let's do it. Okay, let's play you guys a trailer. And we'll see you soon. This is it. This is the end of the line. Telling me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Until he met the right girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. (laughs) Is that your address? You got it. But that only angered the wrong guy. You know, 
And his troubles really began. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise to teach karate. And a friend. Fighting always must answer. How did you do that? Don't know. First time. Power. Whole body. Make a perfect picture. But how do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside of you, always right one. Lesson about the balance, not just karate, lesson for all life. Why train? So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid, let's take a move. No points or no points, you're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me. In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. Most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember, balance. No mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like? <laughs> J.C. Penny, 398. <laughs> and welcome back, guys. So the synopsis to this, it's a long one. A martial arts master <laughs> agrees to teach karate to a bloody teenager. There you go. It's short enough for me to read this time. <laughs> I thought that earlier. I thought, this is literally what it's so short. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I don't, well, okay, but that's it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a karate kid. Man. I know this film, it's, it's a big deal for you, this one, isn't it, from the 80s? Because uh, uh, when did you first see this movie? When did this well, uh came out in 84, so I was about six. So I probably saw this, I was seven or eight, I would say. Yeah. Um, instantly loved it for, for several reasons. Obviously, my name's Daniel, mm-hmm. and I loved hearing my name in a film yeah, at sure, that age, man. you know, mm-hmm. and especially a film about a kid who's an underdog and comes up from nowhere and wins the whole tournament at the end and gets yeah. the girl, and, you know, it's cool. Um, but also... It, I'd never seen any... It's probably one of the first times I'd really got that adrenaline fist-pumpy moment as a very small kid. Yeah. That, like when Rocky wins his fight or something, you know? It was just like that last final kick he does and everybody cheers and they do that freeze frame and you're just like, yeah! Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, the other reason I love it is it was... If I remember rightly, I think it was the first VHS somebody ever bought me. Um so it's my first and I owned it you know it felt like a big deal because I could watch that film whenever right. I wanted yeah you know, it was crazy I know what you mean I, I think when it comes to feel good films this is one of them and I always felt like that and I think this one really sort of uh, when I was a kid because we you know we watched lots of films didn't we when we were younger iconic mm-hmm. films and this one I just thought that bit at the end with you're the best it just <sighs> Like, it's almost like there's there's no other point to the movie. You've had this sort of, I don't want to say slow burn, but you've had this really good adventure of you all the way. And then all of a sudden that that song comes on, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, whoever's created this film has just thrown in a really good song, which is just 
really blown up that third act. Do you know what I mean? And it's just so clever. Yeah. And it's great. Similarly, and another film that I really like, and sometimes I I think of them both together, is yeah. Team Wolf. Oh, yeah. Because he goes, on a, he goes on a journey throughout that, becomes uh-huh. incredible at basketball when he's a werewolf. And you get that whole montage in the very last part of the film with that awesome song playing and he's scoring all the baskets. But then at the end, he has to turn just become Michael J. Fox to like be himself and win yeah. the game for real. And it kind of, there's a little bit of a parallel. You know, obviously, this, this, that's more supernatural comedy. This, this is more just about revenge, martial arts, that kind of stuff. But you're right. If, they, if you get a great song, and you always say this, mm. it's the end credits. If you're walking out of there singing along to that song, you're going to remember that film. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, another film which came out this time was Beverly Hills Cop for me. Hell yeah. Stir it up, you know, and you got the end credits. I think it's like red end credits. You just think, oh, God, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Just made it for me. Um, but yeah, it's. Is it Bill Conte did the soundtrack? Obviously, same, same guy as Rocky, funny enough. And, yeah. Um, you probably know this, Dan. I think you know it. Um, this was originally supposed to be used for Rocky Three. Uh, yeah. You're the best. But they switched it round. I don't know if they. Were they supposed to use Eye of the Tiger for this? Was it a was it a swap or? No, I don't think it was a straight swap. I just think they needed a song for this, and they didn't want to use that in Rocky, yeah. which is why it's got the lyric in it: "History repeats itself. That's Try right. hard, and you'll succeed." And mm. obviously, he's never been to this competition before, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, because you know it works. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever get you down. I mean, come on, that song is amazing. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's. It, 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 I've heard a lot of people use it for their ringtones. Um, so there's a lot of people that are familiar with this song. And um, just talking about, like you said earlier, Cobra Cry. Um, I, I think this film has left a legacy to the point where you've got Cobra Kai and it's like the best thing, and I said this before, it's the best thing I shouldn't be watching. Do you know what I mean? That's how yep. I feel about it. I think I shouldn't really, I said to, I said to Becky, I said I shouldn't be watching this. Do you know what I mean? This is like a dream. Do you know what I mean? It's it feels good. too good. To yeah, be do you know true. what I mean? And I think we've all said it. I think, um, yeah, it seems to be everybody's reaction online. I know Ricky Morgan's passionate about it. You know, um, yeah, it's just it, it's just done so. And actually, well. Cobra Kai is very brave hmm. for, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, to take a film, and obviously there were sequels to it, and they didn't do as well. No. But to take a, a really well-loved film from the early 80s and make a move, a, a series predominantly about the baddie in it, but also the good guys in it, and you kind of flip it a little bit. Yeah. That's quite brave, number one. But number two, it's done so well, written so well, that it actually kind of changes the way you look at mm. the original films. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, you know, this whole theory online that Daniel's the real bully, he's not. But they're both hot-headed, hot-headed teenagers put in a situation where there's a girl they both like. You know, and you could theorise and go into all the details of it. Actually, in watching it again, only a couple of hours ago, to talk to you today, I've realised that Johnny's actually not that bad a guy. Um, he's a hothead and he's got creed is taking him down a, a dark path but you know even when daniel wins the competition he's almost crying and he says to daniel well done daniel you're a good guy you're really good and he sort of there's some 
there is a good kid in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I think um, he, Johnny's story is very interesting because if he was a real asshole, then it'd be an asshole when Kyle would call. Do you know what I mean? But he's but Johnny is just he's a in, in the in this movie that we're talking about today, he is just a teenager, isn't he? Who's going through some emotions and girlfriends and he's got his friends and he's trying to sort of be you know, impress his mates and all that sort of stuff. Um so yeah, it's he's he's just going through something in his life, isn't he, where he's the in Cobra Kai he's got that sort of redemption, isn't he, of looking back and I just He's like on the his edge, story. It's he, just good. He could, yeah. his, his life could go either way at this point. And in fact, the first time we meet him with his buddies on the bikes, mm. one of them calls him a degenerate and he says, no, 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 this is the year I'm going to turn everything around. Mm. I've got one more year to straighten everything out and I'm going to do it. And they high five each other. And he's, he really does want to change, yeah. you know, but he can't pull himself away from his peer group. Um, the Cobra Kai dojo. And he's, We've all been that age, that yes, young, impressionable uh, age, yeah. you know, where somebody takes you down a path where you, you probably know it's not the right thing to do, but it's, teenagers do silly things. Yeah, that's it. And um, I guess for me personally, what I liked about Johnny Lawrence was he someone I could sort of relate to as well. Because um, yeah. I've been down that sort of path where things haven't worked out for me in life. And you kind of have a reflection on it and then you pick yourself up. And I think that's probably reaching out to a lot of people in several different ways. And I think that's why Cobra Kai works, because the format is so relatable, isn't it? <laughs> he's he's a character that... You, the, the end credits roll on this film. And you hmm. want to know more about... You, you really want to know more about Johnny. Yeah. And we get that with three seasons and a fourth soon of Cobra Kai. We get more. But we also find out more about Daniel and, and the asshole side of him yeah yeah and there is there yeah. is definitely an asshole with Daniel you know and he's you know the hose pipe in the toilets you know he gets really angry with Ali he's yeah. definitely got, got a, a mean streak as well and he's a very frustrated young man his dad's not around mm. he's had to up sticks and move to a new city his mum's really embarrassing oh yeah like all mums are <laughs> when you're a teenager yeah hi ho <laughs> silver know, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It's, it's, the car! Oh bloody hell! <laughs> That's a big old motor, isn't it? To be pushing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I feel I feel for Daniel so much when he goes to pick Ali up, and mm. his mum insists on driving them, and the car won't start in front of Ali's parents. Yeah, and they have to push it, and you can see he acts it so well. He slams the door. He's really grumpy. He pushes the car. He's so embarrassed. Oh god! <laughs> and and this is the thing. I've mentioned this a few times because someone said to me, you know, why do you love the eighties so much? And I think, well, one is because it's what I grew up with as a kid. So it's the impressionable age, of course. But I find that in all these films that we've watched, like all all the all the main characters, are kind of like underdogs, predominantly, like yeah. Ghostbusters. You know, they're all kind of like just been fired and they from the university and stuff and Axel Foley's you know having his boss chew his arse off and all that sort of stuff and <laughs> drives a shitty car and all that sort of stuff and, uh, and the Goonies as well do you know what I mean they're about to get fried. so this is what I like do you know what I mean they are guys who are like the, kind of like the blue collar guys aren't they do you know what I mean they're kind of relatable and all that sort of stuff and 
seeing them Kurt go Russell, through this journey. He's good at playing the underdog, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kurt Russell and all that sort. Of, you know, like he is. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly one of my draws to um, these movies and their stories. And it's kind of like, and it's the same with Ash Williams, I suppose, in horror, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> His character is like. He's a bit of a bumbling fool, isn't he, in the first sort of Evil Dead, you know? And then all of a sudden he just turns into a badass. And I, I kind of like that sort of transition. Yeah, if somebody starts out as just a badass and they're just constantly dodging bullets, taking out all the bad guys, they've got all the one-liners, you're not... That's that's fine. Hmm. But what's more interesting is exactly all the characters you've just described. The guys that maybe don't start out like that or accidentally find themselves in a situation like Jack Burton finds himself in the middle of Chinatown in a, in a Chinese triad war with demons. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the same here with Daniel. Daniel's in a city, doesn't understand, he doesn't know. He's thinking with his he's thinking with his uh, manhood when he meets Ali because yeah. he's a teenager. Yeah. And he picks a fight with the wrong kid and, you know, takes him down a very strange path. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible sort of journey and stuff like that. So um, the other thing I was going to mention here as well, mate, uh, before we move on to the main review, is the writer for this. So it's actually the writer for a couple of other sort of movies, such as The Fifth Element, uh, mm. The Transporter, and Taken with Liam Neeson. I didn't realise the guy who wrote The Karate Kid actually wrote, wrote Taken. It's worth bringing up as well, so... Um, and it also did. I can see. Uh, I can see Liam Neeson as a uh, Mr. Miyagi. Oh man, could you imagine that? Yeah, Daniel, where are you for your training? Oh well, I'm out on a date. <laughs> I will find you. I will hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> you must. You must learn balance, Daniel. Son, learn balance. <laughs> he, he's another. Uh, he's another guy. Sort of just took the action role as well, wasn't he, Liam Neeson? Just me and my dad were watching him the other day, and um, we watched Men in Black International. Oh yeah, uh, he's brilliant in that. Him and Liam Neeson, are so funny. Um, not Liam Neeson, um, Chris Hemsworth and oh, Liam yeah. Neeson are brilliant in that together. I want to see him do more and more stuff like that. As he's got older, he's just become this action icon. I know it's just crazy, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Who would have thought? I mean, he kind of has been, but it, I think after doing Taken, it just sort of pushed him up through the bar, didn't it? A bit so. Uh, and it all started with Kroll, didn't it? For yeah, him? that's it. Yeah, that's right. I love that bit he says in Kroll. He's got about 10 wives in that movie, isn't he? And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's having a little cuddle with one, isn't he, just before he gets to the fortress. And she goes, do you love me? Or something like that. He goes, out of all the 10 wives, you're my favourite. <laughs> what a charmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What, what a funny line for a, for a fantasy movie, I thought. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, well, so so uh, we've gone from Karate Kid to Kroll. There you go, mate. Where do we get there? There you go. Karate, karate Kroll. <laughs> um, I'm, guessing this, I'm guessing this movie made a fair amount of money. It did. Um, it was made for $8 million and it made $100 million at the box office. So, yeah, it went through the roof. Whoa. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it did very well. And I actually, I actually saw the sequel before I saw the first one. Really? Yeah, because um, uh, it was the first one wasn't available to rent in the video shop, and I was a little bit late to the party, so the second one was available. I just went for that, yeah, and I watched it, and 
I really enjoyed it. You know, and I, I, it's funny because I think I've heard this mentioned before as well. I think on I shout out Ricky Morgan as well. We seem to watch a lot of sequels, didn't we, in the eighties or VHS? Yeah. And I found it didn't really matter because you, it's. I think I might have watched uh, Lethal Weapon two first before the first one. You just kind of picked it up quite quick, didn't it? You know, just... I've done that with so many franchises. I watched Aliens before I'd seen Alien. Yeah. I watched Beverly Hills Cop 2 so many times and then finally got to watch Beverly Hills Cop 1 oh, after yeah. years. Yeah. Police Academy, I watched 2 and 3. I didn't ever watch number 1 for about 10 years and finally saw it. I've done it with so many films. Yeah, it's just Evil a... Dead 2. Yeah, was another one I, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't see Evil Dead 1. So I was probably in my late teens, early twenties. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I think I might have seen Army of Darkness first, and then gone back, and then realised it was the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, it's the same bloke. Um, but yeah, it's it seems to be a common thread, doesn't it, with the sequels and all that. So, shall we have a look at this movie then, mate? Not that we already haven't had a chat about it, but you want to <laughs> do your bit of uh, bit of storytelling on the cry, kid, mate? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, <clears throat> this film is a lot of montage, so it's it's quite easy to talk about, really, because there's just montage after montage after montage, and a lot of it is training. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to quickly touch on the soundtracks. We've already talked about, mm. you know, that one song, You're the Best, but the, the whole film is packed full of decent songs, um, which no, no, bleeds no. through into Cobra Kai as well. Mm. That, that, that show's got great songs all the way through it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Um, was that song they used when he chases after him after the toilet scene? He gets beaten up. No shelter. No shelter. That's right. Yeah, I've got that in my car actually because they played that in Cobra Kai, didn't they? Obviously, when he's running through the yep. mole. And I thought, oh, what a great song. And then, yeah, it's, it's it's all about the soundtracks as well. And that was a com- common thing in the eighties as well, wasn't it? You had, a, as we just said, you know. It's, you had, um, I guess you had the MTV vibe as well, didn't you? So they're yeah. throwing all these songs into these movies as well, which is great. One of my favourites actually was Bananarama, Cruel Summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Really good one. Yeah, I love that. And the, the, the other reason I think that this film is elevated um, is, you know, as you get older, you realise that these guys are acting so well. Um, especially Pat Morita, who plays Mr. Miyagi. There's because he's American. He's got an American accent, you know. He obviously he's Japanese, but he's yeah. got an American accent. He's raised in America mainly, and he's putting on this Japanese accent and he's acting this this crazy character. You don't know anything about him, but the one scene, you know, the one scene where he's drunk and oh, Daniel yeah. finds out what happened to his wife and his child. That's so heartbreaking and acted so well. Um, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's, um, I'd say it just brings a little bit of depth to the story, doesn't it? Um, and I think this is where the, the film works so well. It goes high. So one minute you've got um, a bit of character development with Daniel, haven't you, and his mum. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like um, him with Ali, so you kind of got the relationship. And then all of a sudden you've got a Banana Rama soundtrack coming in there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just like... <laughs> Like that, do you know what I mean? And then the next thing, like you said, you've got um, Mr. Miyagi kind of getting drunk and thinking about his past. So it's just a very good balance, isn't it? And I think 
again, Cobra Kai's got that balance, isn't it, of the two, and I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and one last thing before we start on the story. I was thinking to myself, yeah. Ralph Macchia, everyone talks about, oh, he always looks really young. And I thought, he must have been quite young when he made this. And I had a look, and he's about 25, 26 yeah, when he made this. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. He yeah, looks yeah. about 13. He does, especially when he's got his little sort of, uh, sort of like tank top shirt on at the beginning, do you know what I mean? He's, yeah, when he first moves in. Yeah, I know. Sort of I, slim. Oh God. Doesn't, do you know what I mean? He's just a very sort of slim, slender, looks like a 13 year old, doesn't he? Um, he looks like he's never looked at a razor in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, Dan, I'm a little bit like that now, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm, not, I'm not like you, mate. I'm very jealous when I see your beard as I said before mate I could be washed on a desert island for seven years and still look bloody clean shaven mate (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's me mate well let's uh, let's kick things off so we start off in Newark in New Jersey yeah and um, Daniel and his mum Lucille who comes back in Cobra Kai? No, sorry to spoil it, but you know a lot of these characters do come back into the Cobra Kai series, which is great. They leave, they leave New Jersey, and you know Daniel doesn't really want to, doesn't want to leave all his friends, his school. But Mum's got a great job, yeah. so there we go. And, and they drive, and, and they you... sing, and they the music plays, and the credits roll, and. You know, his mum's promising, oh, it's going to be great. There's a swimming pool in the complex we live in. And, you know, it's beautiful. It's California. It's going to be fantastic. And they arrive in Reseda in California. And uh, come on, unpack, Daniel. He's got a really nice bike, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I looked at that. Um, and the other thing I saw as well was the swimming pool here, wasn't it? You know, like... Oh, God. Uh, it's like a little duck, isn't it? A little sort of puddle. <laughs> It's basically about it's about a foot of water in yeah. there and nothing else, and it looks disgusting. And there's just some old lady sat next to it with her dog. Yeah, it's just a bit minging. But um, he makes a friend immediately um, called Freddy, who he accidentally kicks in the face with the door. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, and when I first watched this, I thought he's already the karate kid because he's doing kicks like that. But uh, you find out later he's quite not quite. But yeah, one introduction. Yeah, that I mean that guy sort of says to him, "Oh, was that was that karate?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's karate." He's like, you know, he's moved to a new place. He can start start again. He can pretend to be anything he wants. I guess. I always thought that um, he sounded a bit like Sylvester Stallone as well, uh, Daniel. Freddie or Daniel? Daniel yeah, he yeah, does a little like, bit. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's karate, man. Yeah, he's just sort of talking with a little bit of a sort of Stallone slur. I always used to look at the kid Freddy's t-shirt because it says making bacon on there ah, and I didn't I always right. used to think what does that mean and now I'm older I, I realise it, it's two pigs um, doing the Rudy and they're making bacon ah <laughs> right okay that went, went straight over my head that did yeah <laughs> probably for the best young innocent RJ probably good, for the best good little bit of detail there Dan picking up on that <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um you mentioned him earlier, maintenance guy, and we we have to go and meet the maintenance guy now because the tap is not working properly in their apartment, is it? No. So uh, Daniel follows instructions 
by the old lady, finds the apartment, knocks on the door, sees this uh, elderly Japanese gentleman sat in there. Is that where he's trying to catch the uh, flies, isn't it? On the with the chopsticks, yep. isn't it? Straight away. That's all he's trying. He's just sat there. He's surrounded by bonsai trees. He's trying to catch flies with the chopsticks, and he doesn't say anything other than "I." Yeah, that's it. It's it's a little bit like um, Grandpa, isn't he? Out of the Lost Boys, when I think about it, do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's he's acting like he doesn't know, but he does. He's more he's more aware than he's letting off, isn't he? You know, he's kind of... he even wears a head bandana yeah. like Grandpa. He does as well. They could be good friends. <laughs> got a TV, Mister Yamayagi? No, got a TV <laughs> guide. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine them going out on a fishing trip together. Oh mate, you could just you could just see another movie with them too, couldn't you? Oh, that'd be oh, amazing. God. Grandpa and Mr. Miyagi going out. Karate vampire killers. Oh mate, could it. you imagine that? Oh man. <laughs> That's a you know, funded by Canon. Canon movies or I was something, gonna no. say it's gotta be a Canon film. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take my money. Well, <laughs> well, Daniel's a popular guy. Immediately, he's been invited to this sort of beach party yeah. by Freddie, this kid that he's met, and he's playing soccer. You know, he's pretty good at it, actually. Pretty good at football. Yeah, he's doing the keep, some the moves. keep the ups. Making a little bit Spots of eye Alley. contact. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say he's made a little bit of eye contact, isn't he? It's nice. You know, a bit of young love, isn't it, and that sort of stuff. And I got to be honest with you, I had a massive crush on her when I was younger. I mean, oh, I still do now, really. Yeah, but, I know. You know, she's. The pretty blonde girl on the beach, she's sort of fluttering her eyelids at you as you're sort of doing your your football skills, and you want to kind of show off for her, you know. And he says, "Oh, who's that?" And they're like, "Oh, don't worry about her. She's too rich. She she's not. She wouldn't hang out with us." But later on, when they're roasting weenies on the fire, his mates are like, "Hey, well, she's checking you out." So he's sort of, "Oh, that's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I might go and have a little chat with her then." Well. She comes up to him and says, can you teach me how to do some of your soccer moves? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but of course, who arrives on the scene, RJ? Yeah, Johnny and his gang. It's, again, I, I, it's funny, I mentioned the Lost Boys, but it just reminds me of the Lost Boys again with the motorbike um, with Michael and his gang. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a bit of a soundtrack there, isn't it? Um, really is. Uh, and I thought that exact same thing. Um, you know, they're blonde kids in California on motorcycles, that soundtrack. They're 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 like the Lost Boys. And in fact one of them, one of his gang, really reminds me of a young Kiefer Sutherland as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Obviously it came out before the Lost Boys, but um Yeah, it's but again, like you say, when you, when you watch this now, so Cobra Kai, you can sort of see Johnny's obviously got a bit of a backstory, isn't he, with Ali? And they've obviously just split up. So he hasn't directly gone for Daniel, has he, at this point? It's just no. Daniel's caught between no, he, yeah. yeah, Daniel's showing off, you know. He's he's a new kid. He wants to show off and, you know, tell everybody who he is and what he can do. And he doesn't know anything about this Johnny guy. You know, everybody else probably knows that Johnny and the Cobra Kai don't mess with them, you know. And, and that's that, really. But... Daniel doesn't and he's he likes this girl and he sees her arguing with this guy tries to get in the way of it the radio gets trashed he gets pushed over he tries to take this guy on quickly gets his ass handed to him but does sucker punch Johnny mm. um, 
And Johnny was actually going to leave it there. He kind of went up to him and said, right, have you had enough now, tough guy? But Daniel does a sucker punch on him, which Johnny says to him, you're dead meat now. Yeah. And that is it. He takes him out with a couple of swift kicks and Daniel is down. That's it. Down on the ground. Everything that was going for him has all just gone out the window now, hasn't it? But again, to be fair to Daniel, he kind of just, he does try to hold his own, doesn't he? Um, he's a tough little kid yeah to be fair you know after re-watching this he I think this is where people kind of get a little bit where you can sort of see him as the bully but I think he's just a bloke that does try to sort things out and that's kind of like a testament to him isn't it he's he's like a one man he's got no dad or father figure that we know of so his mum's having to raise him you know on her own and he's kind of like He's probably got a lot of testosterone pumping for his body. He doesn't he hasn't yeah. got anybody to talk to yet. Obviously, he'll meet Mr. Miyagi, who will become almost a father figure to him. But so, yeah, he doesn't know he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just trying to stand up for himself. Probably like he's done most of his life, you know. Hmm. So he's he's a bit of a tough guy. Under you know, lo- looking at this film with more of a critical eyes, and he kind of holds his own. So, but this is where the story starts off now, isn't it? Between him and Johnny. Yeah, and and unfortunately, this what he's just done in this beach scene is he's gone from being a popular guy with some new friends, Freddie and those football guys, and Ali chatting to him. And all of a sudden, because he picked a fight, got his ass kicked, it it means all the other kids say, oh, we don't want to hang out with you anymore. You know, Mm. you picked a fight with, you know, those guys. He's got the Cobra Kai after him, and he hasn't made a very good impression on Ali and her friends initially. So... It's kind of really backfired on him. In fact, he's just lying there with a bloody nose, yeah. winded, lying on the ground on the beach. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> but Not he's, a great position. And, <laughs> he's surrounded by palm trees, as his mum promised him. <laughs> palm trees don't fix everything, mum. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, talking of his mum, in the morning he gets up and... Uh, She's like, oh, how was your party, Daniel? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was all right. And she's like, I didn't hear you come in. And he's sort of hiding behind the fridge. Mm. And then she's saying, come here, I'll, I'll grab some breakfast. And he's like, no, I've got to go. And she says, take off your sunglasses. Let me see your baby brown eyes. And he's like, no, I've got to go. Take off your sunglasses. She's a mum and mum's no. Mm-hmm. And he takes them off. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shiner, isn't it? <laughs> it's a big one. Big shiner. Need a big bit of steak for that. God, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you ever you ever put steak on a black eye or on a bruise? On a bruise, yeah, I have done. Yeah, it does work. I think does it uh, work? Yeah, but because um, yeah, just where it just brings out the bruise because of the where it's cold. Um, frozen peas, they're good for it as well. So, yeah, I um, I really I dislocated my big toe <sighs> and Ooh. sprained my ankle. Achieving my last belt in in kickboxing, and oh, my right. foot and my ankle were just so big. So I just got loads of all the frozen peas, and carrots I could get out of the freezer, <laughs> and just put them all over my foot for oh. about three hours. Oh mate, I know I'm laughing, <laughs> but I'm just thinking of all that, you know, just like you know, <laughs> it was painful. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, Dan, I know we're on the review, but you mentioned uh, martial arts. That's your thing, isn't it? You, I know you do martial arts and things like that i i don't anymore i'm not retired definitely mm. but um i yeah I, i've dabbled i've done because of this film i guess and my dad getting me into jackie chan and bruce lee yeah <clears throat> you know 
but two people we've talked about on your show in the past. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've done karate. Um, I did a little bit of kung fu, a little bit of aikido. I picked things up and put them down. But the only one I stuck with was kickboxing. Shout out to my my friend Dave. Um, yeah, got me into that. And me and him, he achieved black belt. Um, in fact, I think he achieved first second down and i was about to go for my black belt but then i had some health problems and right. ended up just sort of stepping away from it all so mm-hmm. i am one away from black belt but i might pick it back up when i'm yeah, feeling better sure, in man. the world normal again <laughs> yeah I, I never got into the martial arts i'm a bit like um clint eastwood where you just punch <laughs> that's it you know, one just, two punch well, that's it just a, i'm just a clint man boom <laughs> Well, Gav and I were talking when we reviewed a Clint Eastwood film on our last episode. That's what I was thinking when you guys said yeah, it. He, yeah, I thought, <laughs> that's me. He's got that move. He just grabs you by your, sh- your shoulder and boom, yeah, that's, punches you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, did, it did make me laugh when you guys mentioned that on your show. Actually. Well, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> I do a, um, yeah, I do a, I do a uh, dad dance kick. <laughs> Looks silly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like People you, Dan. I think you're sort of dancing. I wish I could do a John Claw Van Damme out of uh, was it Kickbox or Bloodsport? Which one's it? Uh, where he does the old uh, speedball. Oh yeah, where he dropped. Oh, what is that? The one about the one where he does the splits and then punches you right in the testicles. Yeah, that's right. The bloke comes in, then he goes, "That's that's good. Here. No good, man. If you want kids." <laughs> 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 Yeah, I remember that scene. Ah, uh, Jean-Claude. Yeah, Jean-Claude. Good old Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude. Yeah. <laughs> predator. Bless. <laughs> Sorry. The original Predator. The original Predator in a prawn outfit. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Turn around. Turn around. <laughs> I think... Sorry, just on a segue, I think on that whole set, he was sort of saying, so when am I going to be able to sort of do more martial arts? <laughs> When do you want me to do the splits? Yeah. No, no. It's not that kind of a film. No, that's it. You've hired me. I'm John Claude Van Damme. You've hired me to do ah. kicks and splits. Oh. No. You're an alien. Oh, man. If I had a time machine, I'd love to see that. Jeez. <laughs> well, it certainly turned out better for it. Because <laughs> uh, that, that Predator is one of my favourite aliens of all time. He looks yeah. Amazing. Rick Baker, isn't it? I think he put that together in the end. Incredible. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, that's going to be the next thing coming out of my shed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be a dumb Oh, God, a predator mask oh. or a gauntlet with the oh, spikes on it. Don't tempt me, Dan. Oh, dear, yeah. I might do. Yeah. You're going to be like Tony Stark in there. You're going to come out with a full on Iron Man suit, I think. It, it's funny you say that, Dan. It's really funny because oh, no, <laughs> when someone said to me, What's it like doing stuff like that? I said, I just feel like Stark. In a funny sort of way, where he's kind of just listening to some music and he's building stuff. And, yeah, so. I'll keep an eye out for you flying over the skies with your jetpack. Mate, I'll be, yeah, this is it. I'll be uh, outside on the road, just hovering over all the cars, <laughs> taking out all the reefs. Some jetpack or something. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So there you go, well, guys. It's a. Uh, <laughs> what a tangent. That's, that's how we segue on this show. <laughs> right. Well, Daniel gets to school with his black eye. Yeah. And he's got no friends now. No one wants to play football no. with him. Um, he, he, everywhere he turns, the Cobra Kai seems to be there. Yeah. He's trying to avoid them. 
The only person that comes up to him is, of course, the beautiful Ali. She comes up to him. She chats to him. She apologizes for, you know, him getting into that fight. He apologizes. Kind of, the chemistry starts happening, really. Yeah. Um, I think she appreciates yeah. that he fought a corner. Yeah. Even though he didn't win, but he still stood up, didn't he, for what he thought was right. So that's kind and of. And I think um, he buys her lunch as well, and she sort of says, "Don't worry about him. He's an ex from a <laughs> week, few weeks ago." <laughs> yeah, it's all right, mate. I just uh, I saw this is that typical canteen in the eighties, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? How many yeah. times have you seen this? It's almost like. I was expecting Evil Ed to turn up and go, oh, you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like canteen scene. We've seen this canteen, so and it's so played out, really. Mm. But, you know, they're walking along, they've got their trays, they're stacking things up on yeah. the trays, they're talking about something. Something funny will happen, a dinner lady will slop something down on their plate, you know, and then they go on their separate ways. We've seen it in so many films, but yeah. it works. Little, it car- works. little carton of milk with a missing person on the side of it. <laughs> and he's flashed with his cash he buys her lunch as well and he finds out like I said he finds out that Johnny and her used to have a thing so he's like oh well I still really like her so yeah goes home gets his book on karate and uh starts practicing he's doing some moves man isn't he he's getting the old kicks going isn't he whoosh 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 see I don't do karate but I, I hear that a lot that whoosh <laughs> we mentioned that in Enter the Dragon, didn't we? <laughs> so, yeah, they. <laughs> Steve walks along. The guys are like, hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> 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 oh, Mr. Miyagi walks in because he's come around to fix the tap and he says, Oh, karate. And he says, Yep. Yeah. He goes, Ah, you learn karate from a book? Mm, that's it. He's like, well, you know, I'm just a bit of self-defense just to protect myself. And that's kind of it, really. You don't really see much more. But Miyagi is kind of like floating around. He's the watcher. He's like a guardian angel. Yeah. Just picking up on the right bits of conversation. You know, it's all good. He knows what's happening. Daniel thinks, I need to probably, I'll take his advice and I'll go to a dojo. But he picks the wrong dojo, RJ, doesn't he, to go and well, visit? he gets a bit of a surprise here, doesn't he? Because it's all looking good <laughs> until they start bowing, don't they? And then he sees Johnny Lawrence. And uh, this is where we're introduced to, uh, is it Crease as well, wasn't it? So, oh, boy. Martin oh, Cove. What a grumpy, mean old man. It's a bit of testosterone floating around in him, isn't there, you know? <laughs> Oof, bloody hell. He's good at it, though. He's good at that angry oh, yeah. war vet you know Vietnam vet kind of thing yeah um, I was trying <laughs> to think the other thing I saw him in around about this time would have been Rambo 2 wasn't it he was in as well. yeah Rambo yeah. 2 but he, yeah he plays it well um, don't know what he's like in real life he's probably a really nice bloke but he's uh, in this he plays it so well and I love him in Cobra Kai because he's such a bad guy with his big cigars you know, and he's he's obviously a bit older in Cobra Kai, but he's, he's still, still he still looks good though, doesn't he? You know, I mean, talking yeah, about that oh, age, yeah. all look all looking pretty good. Um, so yeah, he's still carrying it off. But yeah, this is another chance for Johnny to get one over him because Johnny sees Daniel spot him, and then he runs out of there. And uh, 
Johnny sort of smirks to himself because he is like the king of the dojo. Really, he's like probably the number one student. Yeah, that's he's it. A yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a cool guy of the group, isn't he, and all that. So, um... you know, if you can get away with riding your motorbike with a red leather jacket and a small black headband on, then you are definitely cool. Oh man, that, yeah, I've got to admit that is, a, that is a cool look, isn't it? In the eighties, you know what I mean? If you can pull it's that a off, hell of a look. Oh yeah, oh yeah, red jacket. <laughs> it's, it's. I think this is where another sort of segue. I think this is where the character Star Lord. I was about to a, say Star Lord, yeah. When you look at his red jacket and all that, so when I first saw that film, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, little segue into that, obviously, I just thought, oh man, I, I just know what this guy's all about. Do you know what I mean? I just thought uh, this he's just every little bit taken from the 80s all put into one. And he, he pulled it off really well, Chris Pratt, as well. So, yeah. yeah. I used to have a jacket like that. Do you remember the first time you met me? I used to have that red leather jacket. I did, yeah. I sort of stood in the queue thinking, who's this dude in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said the word dude, not who's this dick. No, no, not at all, mate. No, no. It was, uh, it was love at first sight, Dan. Yeah, you know I mean, it's just you know. I turned around and went, "I do a podcast." Hello. <laughs> and then Gav sort of like got his flasher jacket out and goes, "It's a podcast and all it is." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you first meet Gav? Well, he sort of flashed himself at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how we all first met him. Right, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh dear. Something I've noticed about this film is there's some really incredible shots um, of stuff happening in the background, <clears throat> if you pay attention. And oh. one of these shots comes up now where Daniel leaves that dojo and he runs back across to where his mum works in the restaurant. And they sit down and they have a, a chat and a cup of tea. Oh, yeah. And in the background, mm-hmm. notice the Cobra Kai's come out of the dojo. They're all sort of chatting in the distance, high-fiving, and they all go their separate ways, apart from one of them who crosses over. And as he gets halfway across the road, he spots Daniel. Yeah, in the window with his mum so he runs back gets the other guys and, said, and you can't hear what they're saying because they're outside but you understand they've worked out that Daniel's mum works there Daniel's bike's that bike there blah 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 and that all plays out in the next scene because Daniel's riding home in the dark and they ride him off the road on their motorcycles it's quite a nasty accident they could have killed him you know yeah and I think um, this is where they um, do show their sort of darker side don't they as a game picking on him now that is, that is they've, they've crossed the line really with that that's really violent a really violent act that's not even self-defense or no. anything that's a, just a an act but i guess you kind of needed a scene like this for this movie to kind of justify now daniel's actions and thinking i need to do something about this now and it kind of brings the story along doesn't it so it's... Well, it angers him. Um, he gets home and he's crying. He's angry. He's punching the wall. He's throwing his bike in the trash. His mum's like, why are you throwing your bike in the trash? And he just sort of unleashes on his mum. He's like, I didn't want to move here. I've got no friends. I'm getting beaten up daily. This is terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I just mm. want to go back to New Jersey. And his mum takes him off to bed. And, and Mr. Miyagi's been listening the whole time and thinks, I might be able to step in and, and assist this young man, perhaps. He pimps up mm. his um, BMX, doesn't he? Or is it a, B- is it a BMX? Oh. Yeah, it's a BMX. Is it a BMX? Chopper. It's such a sweet thing. He's such a lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah, he, uh, it's all gleaming, isn't it? And it's kind of like a sort of token of, like, I'm going to help you out. And oh. uh, yeah, that's no, good. He comes like his father figure, doesn't he? 
he tries to bond with him about the bonsai trees. You know, he's trying to show him things he's interested in to get a conversation going. Mm. And they do become friends because a few weeks go by and it's Halloween and and Mr. Miyagi's genuinely sort of saying to him, why aren't you going to the Halloween dance? And he's like, oh, I don't really want to go. You know, I'll get beaten up and I, I'm all right. I like hanging out with you. And he's like, no, I'm an old man. You should be going to there. And then eventually Daniel says, I haven't got a costume. Uh, he yeah. says, Miyagi, make your costume. <laughs> he's obviously a fan of Psycho, isn't he, with that shower? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's an interesting costume, this one, isn't it? Yeah, this is it, the shower. Um, which I think I might have even overlooked when I was a kid. Because um, I don't think I watched Psycho until yeah. a little bit later on. So I didn't know what that was all about. I thought, what the hell was he going there as a shower? What's all that about? <laughs> I, thought, well, I, I think it. also, though, Miyagi's no. done this so that he can definitely stay hidden you know, yeah. from everyone and, and not be found. And, and it works really well. The writing is great because it works so well because it causes it creates this little intimate space that Ali finds him and she comes into there and they have a little slow dance. They don't kiss yet, but they do have a little cuddle in there. You know, yeah, that's it. <laughs> they can dance openly in front of everybody, but they're in a shower at the same time. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> now we need to talk about the Cobra Kai costume because mm. they look. Badass. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's just... It, it's iconic, isn't it, really? You know, yeah, badass the... karate high school kids dressed yeah. up as skeletons on Halloween. Yeah, it's almost like... Um, I don't know, it's like they're sort of delving into just a little bit of a horror element here, aren't they? You know, you could even have that as its own movie, can you? Like a sort of slasher movie or something like that. But yeah. it's not. But It's a good costume. It's a it's good, good costume. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel gets an egg thrown on him by a guy dressed as a chicken. So he goes to wash in the toilet. So while he's in there, he realises Johnny's in there rolling a, a naughty cigarette, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and he sees a hose... And he thinks, this is, I can't resist this. He even says in the Cobra Kai show, doesn't he? I couldn't, if you'd have been there, you wouldn't have been able to resist it either. Mm. Puts the hose over the top of the toilet wall, turns it on, and Johnny gets absolutely soaked. <laughs> <laughs> and this is now where you get the, uh, another scene where Dan Daniel gets his ass kicked, doesn't he, big time now? Oh, God, they really, you know, if he thought he got beaten up before or pushed about before, you know, they chase him, they they catch him because he gets caught up against that fence and they kick him to the point where most of the Cobra Kai are saying, right, that's enough, Johnny. He can't even stand up now. Mm. He's had enough. And Johnny says, I'll tell you when he's had enough. Stand him back up. And he keeps making him stand up and then kicking him down, winding him, kicking him in the head. It's really brutal. Um... And just when you think it's about to go wrong, suddenly, Miyagi. Yeah. Boom. T- turns up with all his moves, doesn't he? He just uh, he takes them out. He yeah. destroys them. I like this. I did like this bit. You know, even when I watched it for the first time, because it just thought... It, it's moved Mr. Miyagi's character into place now, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's gone from this maintenance guy to, oh, he's, you know, he's a bit of a badass. And it's... Just it's great when something like this happens in a film on the whole, really. To the point that, that Daniel wasn't 
certainly didn't expect this and actually was sort of half unconscious when this happened. So when he wakes up later on, he says to Mr. Miyagi, what happened to Spider-Man? And he says, what do you mean? He said, who, who was the guy that showed up and saved me? And he said, oh, that was just me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's excited then. He's like, what, do you know karate? You never told me that. He said, you never asked. he's brilliant he's Uh, like have you got a belt he's like yes canvas belt from jc penny help helps to hold up my trousers and he's like no i mean like a black belt or something he's like mine is a brown belt a brown canvas belt it's just so funny yeah he's he's doing everything antsy what you he he says everything that you don't think he's going to say but what he does say is the right thing isn't it and it just works with his character totally it's great And he admits the the only two things he knew as a kid growing up in Okinawa were fishing and karate. Mm. And Daniel says, you know, would you would you do you think you would teach me? You know, because I, I wanted to go to that dojo, but I think the the students are bad. And he says, Mister Maggie says, so he even finds that there's good in perhaps in Johnny and those guys. He says, there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. Right, because a okay. student will only do what they're told by the teacher. It's really good life lessons. Yeah, it's, this is kind of like where it goes into the mythology of like George Lucas with Star Wars, isn't it? Because he's basically taken karate and many different southeastern sort of martial arts and stuff like that into that uh, franchise, isn't he? And it's almost like the Jedi kind of believe in that rule as well, aren't they? They're like peacekeepers and we only have to use... Um, act, we only have to act when we need to which is kind of what he goes yeah. with, isn't it? And I yeah. still think that he's kind of trying to teach Daniel that it's almost like Miyagi knows that Johnny's probably not a bad guy. Yeah. That's what he's just said, isn't it? You know, it's the teacher that's turning him into that. So it's, cool. it's, a lot, it's quite a bit of depth, isn't there, underneath all this when you look at it? Although, in the next scene, Miyagi does possibly the most stupid thing he could ever do. Because <laughs> he takes Daniel to the dojo so this is like when you go in on parent-teacher evening with your your, your mum or dad oh, yeah. to go meet the teacher. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, here we go. He gets taken in there. And Crease uh, comes over and he says, what's going on? And he says, your students. Uh, he says, I heard you beat up my students. And he's like, no, that's wrong. And he's like, well, can't he take care of himself? He's like, yeah, he can take care of a one-on-one problem, but he can't take care of a five-on-one problem. Mm. And he says, well, why don't we have a match right now? And... Mr. Maggie's like, no, 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 this is your dojo, so that's that's not fair. Have you got a place in mind that you think Mr. Lawrence can fight your guy? And out of the blue, he just goes, yeah, I'll tell you what, the tournament, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> just chucks him like, straight Mr. in Mr. on Miyagi. the deep end, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Yeah, chuck you straight in, kid. <laughs> At the All Valley Karate Championships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and don't forget, this is just past Halloween, and the... the championship date is the 19th of December so he's got about two months less than two months to get ready yeah <laughs> good god thanks Mr. Miyagi thanks yeah. a bunch thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> well they get training then well this is it I mean Mr. Miyagi's about to get his fence painted doesn't he you know all the gods. he's about to get his, his whole house done up by yeah. poor old Daniel probably one of the most iconic phrases isn't it from the 80s that we we still use today isn't it you know if, if you're gonna go out and clean your car i think someone comes out and says wax on wax off and all that sort of stuff 100 yeah. and as someone who's called daniel and i've touched on this sure yeah, yeah, earlier, yeah but yeah. 
I um, I loved being called Daniel's son. Like, I think my mum and dad probably called me a few times when I was very young. A um, couple of friends still call me it now and again, just as jokey, you know. Hey, Daniel's son, what's up? Or whatever. Um, but people would often say to me, oh, nice to meet you, Daniel. Daniel's son. What's up? Wax on, wax well, off. And they'd say it. wax on, wax off to me all the time. Yeah, it's become a sort of household name, isn't it? You know, household friends. I don't mind it's it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a really clever piece of writing and it's probably been done before. It's definitely been done since, but as a kid, blew my mind and probably yours as well to to speed through all these montages because it is literally just Daniel, you know, painting, all of it, yeah, waxing, right. sanding. Yeah. He doesn't realise that all of these boring things that he's doing, that one scene where Miyagi says to him, you know, show me paint the fence show me side to side and all of a sudden daniel's pulling out all these moves and then he then miyagi goes ah, and he does like about 10 moves really quickly and, and daniel blocks every single one of them and the look on ralph Matthews' face is so good it's like oh my god I, I can do this i might be quite good at this it's just really goosebumps a goosebump moment yeah i know what you mean because again you know, you watch this film, and you, it, if you watched it for the first time, you might be thinking to yourself, well, so what point is this guy going to become the Karate Kid? And it leaves you hanging for quite a long time, doesn't it? You know, to think, well, we've got to the halfway through the movie now, and all he's doing is painting the fence and all that. <laughs> and you think, so where's the, you know, where's the, when's he going to get taught? And when's he going to get, and I love it. It's like a surprise, isn't it? And um, this sort of writing is carried on into Cobra Kai you know, what we're seeing today yeah. in the series. And I think that's really clever. That something happens that you don't think is going to happen. And then when it does, you think, oh, yeah, that does make sense. You know what I mean? And I think that's the magic of this film on the whole. You realise it was there all along. Yeah. You just had interpreted it in the wrong way. <laughs> it's very clever. And you realise, oh, wow. Oh, right, okay. So. In the middle of all of this montage, we should probably mention mm. that Daniel goes on a date with Ali to golf and stuff. What, what, a lo- what a lovely... I think we could all do with that right now, can't we? <laughs> I'd love to go to golf and stuff with you right now, RJ. We could go and play golf. We could go go-karting, <laughs> air hockey. <laughs> we could be sort of jumping around, doing high fives and a little <laughs> montage. Bit of banana on in the background, can't we? <laughs> I do feel sorry for him. Like I mentioned earlier, that you know, because his mum's picked him up, his mum drove him there, and then she comes to pick them up at the end. And unfortunately, bad timing. But as she arrives, Johnny's there in his badass convertible. Oh yeah. And all his buddies are like, "Nice car, Mrs. Larusso." They're so mean and horrible. Yeah, isn't it? You know what I mean? Oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. Could happen to you in it right now. Man, I feel for him every time. I know, I know. Oh, and his mum, his mum just wants to look after him and do well by him. She can't help it if she's yeah. accidentally embarrassing him, you know, uh-huh. by having a crap car or whatever. She's doing what's the best she can do. But yeah. when you're a 15, 16 year old boy, everything your parents do is just embarrassing, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's just yeah. like, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I know it's not this point, is um, it, where she's got to push the car to start, is it? It's a little bit later on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It's happened a few times. It, it happens a few yeah. times. The main thing, though, off the back of this date is that, that Daniel realises he probably loves her 
and there's definitely some feelings from her coming back to him as well. Mm. They have a really lovely time. Any 80s montage, you know, with Bananarama and some go-karting. You're talking about falling in love, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this happen. is it. It's all, it's all there. All the ingredients are there. Um, Daniel gets back uh, to find... Um, oh, actually, sorry. We, I missed. I almost skipped a bit, which is the bit where he goes to find Ali at the surprise her because he's got the car. Miyagi gives him a car for his birthday. Oh, that's now, right. Yeah, that's it. What an amazing friend Mr. Miyagi is to say, not only am I going to teach you karate and I'm going to give you a karate gi that my wife sewed the design of, but also pick a car, any car you want from out of that bunch of cars out there. Yeah. Big old 1950s Chevrolet or something like that, isn't it? Like a, it's a nice picks- looking motor, actually. He picks the yellow one. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And he gets in it and he said, oh, the key's already in it. And he said, yeah. I knew that was the one you'd want. He knows him. He knows him well. Dan, do you get a little tear out of this moment or not? When he gets the emotional? car and he drives off. It's a little emotional. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like the bit there with that. It's just sort of, just a little, a little weak there because I just think it's just like think, where um, he's getting involved. Especially what we're, about, what we're about to find out about Miyagi and his child as well definitely because you you, you realise that they're they're friends but there's like a father-son bond between them as well yeah and I, I think it's almost like uh, Mr Miyagi's beginning to also realise that he needs Daniel just as much as Daniel needs him as well isn't it it's like they're helping each other out in funny sort of because he's being funny ones. and he's being silly and he, says, he shouts bonsai and yeah. things like that you know and uh, he, and Daniel shouts it back yeah they're really incredibly close yeah they, they, they play it so well. They must have hung out so much to get this chemistry right. <laughs> yeah, that's quite really good. <clears throat> well, Daniel Daniel drives to go and find um, Ali to show her his new car, etc. Goes to the swanky dance, like the dinner and dance that she's at. Oh, that's right. And it turns out her parents being very rich, and Johnny's parents are also very rich, and they're all at this dinner dance. And her parents really wanted to get with Johnny, you know, and they're like, why aren't you with him anymore? She's like, oh, he's not a good guy. And they're like, yeah, but his parents, it's all about the power and the social aspect. So her and Johnny actually have like a little dance, but they they have quite a civil conversation Mm. to start with. And then Daniel sneaks in the back, comes through the kitchen and he spots them dancing and he thinks you, you hear his heart break. Yeah. You know, but then Johnny spots him and he thinks this is a good chance for me to rub it in his face even more because he's been told by his teacher Mr. Miyagi none of them are allowed to touch him physically Mm. until the tournament so this is a way to get him mentally so he tries grabbing her and kissing her Daniel runs off spaghetti all over him (laughs) yeah (laughs) loser that's all I mean I am embarrassing I mean <laughs> Bless him. Uh, he comes home and he um he's upset and he goes home to find Miyagi drunk in his army uniform. Yeah, and this is where you find out he's got the Medal of Honor, isn't it? you know. And um, he was actually part of the Japanese Special Forces, which I didn't know about actually, in World War Two. So he did so much place. for his country. Mm. Um and it's seen some terrible things probably but 
the worst bit of all is um, he starts reciting a telegram he got to Daniel. Um, Daniel's trying to like listen because he's drunk, you know, and he's got his Japanese accent, but Daniel's like listening to what he's saying and he's saying, Special Officer Miyagi reporting for duty. Yes, sir. And he says, he basically recounts that he was told that his wife, his pregnant wife, while he was away, in the army his pregnant wife died in childbirth and so did their child mm. and that is why you know he's such a loner and that's why he he's a bit of an odd guy and there's a bit of melancholy about him yeah that's and right, then he yeah. Sort of falls asleep and daniel puts him to bed tucks him in but daniel realizes you know he finds all his medals like you said rj he finds all those medals and he thinks jesus christ just when you think you know someone you find out even more about somebody yeah it's really moving yeah, like I say, this is where you've got Miyagi that kind of needs Daniel, doesn't he, now? He's gone on his own path and helping each other out. So, And I think um, the actor, was it Pat? Pat um, Marita, yeah. He actually got an Oscar nomination, didn't he, just for this part oh. of his acting as well. He did quite well. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant, isn't he? He really is. He, you know, he kind of makes the film, really, mm. doesn't he? Someone like David Carradine would have been rubbish, or somebody. They probably would have. I bet. I bet someone like him was close to being cast as that kind of character. Well, if you had Canon Studios involved, possibly. <laughs> 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 would have been a whole different movie, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there would have been some boobs in it. Then I should imagine. Oh, there'd been all sorts of stuff in there. There'd be some. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There'd just be like a Colombian military or South American military guy in here somewhere do you know what I mean the Valverde <laughs> bad guys that they got in these movies you know <laughs> Chuck Norris there you go if it's a canon film Chuck Norris would have been Mr Miyagi yeah or either the bullied kid at school Chuck Norris you got to play 16 year old okay <laughs> <laughs> but you need to shave your beard off no. Chuck Norris doesn't shave yeah this is it yeah just uh, got a lot of testosterone in my body for a 16 year old at school that's all <laughs> oh dear well we're we're coming up to the tournament now so Ali and Daniel do make up he apologises for being a jerk you know and it's tough times you know there's mm. a lot of testosterone flying around like you just said and he apologises they make up that's fine they go to the tournament mm. and they realise they haven't really officially got you know, an invite. <laughs> they shouldn't really be there, but they blag it. Ali steals a black belt, puts it on Daniel. They tell her she shouldn't really be there, and she says she's Miyagi's translator. She doesn't speak English, so they blag their way in, and that's fine. They get in there; <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, Nick sees a black belt, didn't he? Out the bloke's bag, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Miyagi. That's how you spell Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Miyagi. He sort of leans over and distracts yeah. them. <laughs> and we get again we're back to montages now so we see Daniel wins his first fight you know his first round and okay Daniel realises holy shit I, I can do this yeah. I can definitely I can I'm doing alright but obviously Cobra Kai are there and what we see is we get this montage now with that song the best oh man well, it's just it does take it to another level in this movie doesn't it do you know what I mean it really gets that third act like pumping my heart was racing even again you know even at my age now I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times my heart was racing when oh, yeah. that song comes on if, you, if you're having a bit of a I don't know shit day or whatever you put this on and it just sort of bring you up on it I think 
Great song. Um, I used to listen to it when I was running. I, well, I used to do some running. I did oh, some yeah. half marathons, and it was one of my one of my playlists when I was running around because it, you'd it'd come on and you'd just think, "Yeah, I am the best, actually." <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it on the beach in the waves? You know, you got some silly yeah. little silly little pair of shorts on with some pulled up white socks and trainers, jumping some around like Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> no, I know you mean. I know you mean. It does. It's good. So this montage, obviously, we, we, we see snippets of all the other fighters in the tournament. What we come to realise is not only are the Cobra Kai really, really good individually as fighters, they also play a bit dirtier, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, they sweep don't the hold leg. back. Is it Kreese says to sweep the leg, doesn't he? Because he knows that Daniel's getting a little bit too good here in this tournament, doesn't he? Yeah, he says, um, I want him out of the competition. It's like, yeah, but I'll get disqualified. And he's mm. like, just take him out of commission. But the kid goes too far and he gets himself disqualified. Yeah. Daniel then automatically gets put through to the next round with a bit of a bad leg. And again, as soon as that kid gets disqualified, he says to Daniel, I'm sorry, Daniel, I'm sorry. So these are nice kids, really. They're just being led down a different path by yeah. Crease. Yeah, he knows he's done wrong. So Daniel's got his bad leg and he... Uh, goes in like you just said he gets told the body gets told to sweep the leg so daniel's leg is really messed up now we think he's at the competition but miyagi does his uh slap hand thing doesn't he and it Special works doesn't it I, I, for some reason i'm sort of bought into that and i almost think that's probably some sort of japanese remedy or something like that you know what i mean i don't know we all believed it at school. Um, I think I probably still believe it a bit now. <laughs> it's probably plausible or something. I don't know. Just yeah, it's in that sort of category for me. <laughs> well, he heals Daniel, and we get the infamous Daniel Larusso's gonna fight. <laughs> Daniel Larusso's gonna fight. <laughs> and he, he comes hobbling out for his final fight against Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. And um. I was actually really watching this with a steady eye, a really close eye, because the choreography is actually really good in this final scene. Mm. Lots of good kicks and moves, and there's a couple of grapple moves that they do, and it goes 1-1, one, one, then it goes 2-2. Two, two. Um, yeah. Johnny um, he destroys Daniel's leg with a really badass move. Um, and in the background you hear, again, another good line, about the body bag, don't you, RJ? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's become. It, it, I think it was an almost like an ad lib line as well, wasn't it, for that actor? And that's what he's get him a best body bag. Yeah, body bag. Yeah, it's it's like a. I don't know. It's like that sort of giggling little ferret bad guy, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You get in these films. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. <don't> yeah. <laughs> he um. Well, I mean, at school, whenever there was a fight in the playground, we, we would say that, you know, mm. get him a body bag. Yeah. We didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> quite, it's quite dark, really. It is, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But as the internet knows, as all the conspiracy theorists knows, Daniel wins the tournament with what is considered to be an illegal kick. <laughs> but he gets away with it, doesn't he? Because it's above he the belt or something, doesn't it? Yeah. So. yeah so this crane kick that you see Miyagi do on the beach several times you know Daniel's been practicing it too and 
He does it, kicks Johnny in the face. Johnny immediately apologizes, congratulates him for winning. Trophy, your mum and your girlfriend coming on over, and we get a freeze frame with Mr. Miyagi giving a little wink and a thumbs up. And the and the Bill Conte score in the background, which is which again really brings on that tension as well, doesn't it? The the score. And, um, you find <sighs> out that the whole song throughout the movie that you hear, which is like the Daniel LaRusso theme, has actually got lyrics to it at the end, isn't it? When I know. you're alone, you find yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> you hear it in various forms throughout the film, like, like almost some um, pan pipes playing at one yes, point, very Japanese-y. Right. Yeah. yeah, then there's lyrics. And then there's lyrics. <laughs> so they, they really sort of cut this song up and used it for different things, which is clever. Um, so yeah, that's the cry kid, Dan. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's as you guys can hear on both mine and Dan's voice, it's, it's had a massive impact on us. I think it's had an impact on a lot of people. Like you mentioned the cry kid, I think a lot of people know about this film. Almost everybody, yeah. I'd say, in some shape. And or it's got a really positive meaning message behind it. Um, which is, you know, even the underdog can come through. Um, yeah. We've seen that in Rocky. We've seen that in Eight Mile. We've seen that in a bunch of films. But, you know, just because you're new to an area and you don't, you haven't initially got all your friends and things that you want, if you believe in yourself, you can get. You might not necessarily win the tournament in two weeks of training, but no. you can get there. And um, I mean, I, I looked this up as well as just a little bit of a sort of backstory. I couldn't really find one about you, Dan, but so, most some, <laughs> sometimes with these films, you usually find that they're taken from old black and white um, Japanese movies, like, um, say, like The Magnificent Seven. It's yeah. taken from The Seven Samurai. Um, even Star Wars is taken from The Hidden Fortress. And I just thought well, maybe there might be a karate kid movie that's from those times i don't uh, think there is i think this is a sort of just an original story i don't know i think what they did was they probably saw that rocky was successful right that was about an underdog sporting films were quite big in the early 80s underdogs and of course what was big in the early 80s martial arts oh, yeah. yeah so somebody very clever Robert Mark came and the writer decided to mash those three things together. And then, as Gav and I say on our show, it was the film gods came together. You had a great cast, a great score, great writing, great acting, and a great idea. And it's a once in a lifetime flash of lightning, and you get this film. Yeah, yeah. And I, I must admit, I mean, I didn't take up, um, I didn't take up martial arts um, at all. I was always kind of interested in it. But it just didn't take on me. But what I did, I was, I was in awe of all this sort of stuff, you know, like Jean Claude Van Damme, um, the Canon martial arts movies, even Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Um, I even remember as a teenager, well, young teenager, I think I was about 12, 13, I went to Argos, saved my pocket money up to get some weights. <laughs> and, I was, yep. and I was, I remember in my bedroom. Sorry, mate, that's my thing. Um, I remember, sorry, that's my, uh, something's gone off here. Um, I remember as a kid in my bedroom, like, you know, mum and dad said, how are you doing? I was just sort of doing weights. You know, I was trying to get ripped like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, I remember that's trying a, to use my dad's weights. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I couldn't lift them. They were in, a, in the bedroom, you know, I'd go in there when they weren't around. Yeah. Couldn't even lift them up. 
<laughs> it's funny, isn't it, where you go through these impacts or these films have or the effect they have on you. But um, yeah, I, 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 like I say, on the whole, I think it's just a really good film. Um, and I and, think it's. And you, you were right, what a legacy as well, because this could have been fantastic as a one off, and it is fantastic, but they made a sequel which okay it's probably not as good as this film it's all right though yeah they made a third one which is probably the weakest out of the three then they tried to make a brand new movie with um jennifer garner the new the next karate kid yeah you know and and that's actually not a bad film it's quite good yeah it's um I remember sort of doing a bit of that. I think someone said that it should have been a film that shouldn't have been related to the Cry Kid. It's just sort of like a good standalone movie. Um, but no, you're right. I just it looked like a franchise, which is great. Do you know what I mean? For the first two movies, like I say, the third one. But I always thought you're never going to go past this. Now this is it. Do you know what I mean? We're always just probably going to go to the first two, and you know, revisit and. As I said earlier, I just can't believe Cobra Kai. I'm just, it's, it's, it's probably the best thing I've seen in the period that we're going through right now, you know, with the state of the world. It's almost like, man, yeah. I totally need this, you know. As a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just made me feel really good after watching it. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's amazing. Mm. So you've got you've got three sequels off the back of this film, three TV series mm. seasons, and let's not forget, my man Jackie Chan was in the remake. Oh yeah, of course. Of yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> which that's is it, weird. Course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, Jaden Smith, wasn't he? He Played um, yeah him, and I suppose that's worth mentioning because obviously that's Will Smith's son, and Will Smith's got he's got a lot to do with Cobra Kai, isn't he? I think he actually helped fund it. Didn't he? Yeah. Well, he produced the remake with Jackie Chan, um, yeah. his company, him and Jada Smith. And yeah, you're right. They produce the Cobra Kai series. So you've got that Will Smith money behind you. Yeah. You're going to you know, get a bit of production there. So we are we are doing okay, aren't we, with stuff like that? Like, so as I said before, with The Mandalorian, um, with WandaVision and stuff like that. So I think we're in a little bit of a sort of golden age at the moment. Um, well, in some ways, there's been some good stuff to come out of the pandemic, and I, I don't mean that in a nasty way to anyone that's suffered or anything. What I mean by that is we've started to appreciate things again, like television, like being patient and waiting for something to yeah. come out once a week, yeah. you know, and watching stuff with each other or, or just being around your friends and family that you can't really do that at the moment. So for me, it's kind of like, like all these Marvel things that are coming out, you've got that Winter Soldier and um, that'll be good. The Falcon, that yeah. looks brilliant. Yeah, that, yeah. that is good because um, the Falcon is probably one of my favourite characters as well. Him, Marvel, he's great. He's I like him. A very yeah. It's a, I think there's a lot you can do with that character. I just think he's great. I love because I've mentioned Winter Soldier on on the show. I just think it's an incredible film. And I think what's a lot, lot incredible with that film is his character. It just, just works totally. So, um, yeah. yeah. But like, like you say, um, yeah, twenty twenty is you know it's been hard for a lot of people. Everybody, it's been a massive you know shock to us all, really, isn't it? But they had, like you say, on a positive. I've seen a lot of people become quite creative as well. 
going back to well, look at friends, you. you know. Well, yeah, I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I mean, you're, 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 who would have thought you'd be making all these props and stuff like that, you know? And yeah, all the, all the podcast shows I listen to are recording more than ever, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're being creative, like you said. Well, Brilliant. Um, I think so. I think that's like a testament to all the guys on Legion as well, wasn't it? I think as a network, it's, it's testament to um, all of us guys. I think Legion's pulled it free. You know, it's international, it's worldwide. We're from different parts of the world, but we've pulled each other through, haven't we, through this time? So, you know, keeping things going. <laughs> I've really, I mean, I, I enjoyed that. That is one of the aspects of last year that I did enjoy. It was, was guesting on your show a hell of a lot. Yeah. Showing up on one of Ricky Morgan's shows, a couple of other shows here and there. Yeah. Gav and I managed to get out three or four shows a month. You've been doing a lot. A month, yeah, including yeah. our Patreon episodes. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. No, it's been some really yeah. good stuff. And even my, even my missus is taken on paint by numbers. <laughs> she's amazing. She is. She's doing loads of it. You know, it's like she'd never would have done that before. So, no, it's, um, there's some good stuff coming out of this. Um, but, no, talking about your show, Dan, that's always like to have a little plug in there, mate, because obviously I just started listening to your new one when I was walking the dog. And you know what the funny thing <laughs> is? Is you guys said straight away, we're actually recording whilst it's snowing outside. And <laughs> I was walking the dog through the snow whilst I was listening to your episode, you know. So, uh, <laughs> it's... Well, there we go. That's exactly what we wanted. We wanted yeah. that, uh, that feeling. See, yeah, that that episode that's just dropped, episode 107 of the podcast on Haunted Hill, if anyone's interested, we cover uh, 30 Days of Night and Let the Right One In, two vampire films set in the snow. Yeah, so. I, I haven't actually... I've seen 30 Days of Night, but I haven't seen the other movie. Let the Right... Is it Let the Right One In? Let the Right One In, Swedish film. Yeah, it's really good, that, really... So. Um, bit melancholy so right. it's not like an uplifting film but mm. it's very well done i bet you love 30 days and i bet that's right up your alley i was right up my alley even though the bloke looked like the lead singer out of um the pet shop boys you know he's got the old overcoat on you know. you're always on my mind <laughs> In a West End town. In a West End town. Oh, dear. But um, I did like that film. I did. Um, I thought that um, Josh Hartnett played a very good sort of R.J. McCready sort of character. Um, Yeah, I got some thing vibes from it this time around, definitely. Yeah, as such, I think I messaged you um, when you was recording it or something he, he did the same in the faculty. That's right. He kind of plays the RJ as well. I think he sort of mimics something. Then he points a gun. But um, yeah, no, it's good. What, what what's your next? Uh, what else you got coming up on Haunted Hill? Well, love is in the air for our coming up upcoming oh, yeah, episode because sure, it's yeah. our Valentine special. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to be covering two sexy films um, about people that turn into cats. Oh yeah, do. yeah, that's right. I think that's one of your. I think I've heard you mention. Is it Sleepwalkers? Yeah, Sleepwalkers from 1992. Mark Hamill talking of Star Wars earlier shows up in that as a cop for a moment. Yeah, and also um, 1982, Cat's Eye. Uh, so, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, the Cat People, not Cat's Eye, Cat People. It was a Cat's so, yeah. Eye, wasn't it? In the 80s, I think it was like a. Sort of, but oh, okay, mate. Oh, cool, man. Um, so yeah, uh, 
and we've got some stuff coming up as well, haven't we? Um, like, so with yourself, we've talked about some movies that we talk about together. Yeah. Some good ones. What are we actually. doing next? I, I can't remember. We've got such a list to get through. Well, we've got um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <gasps> I um, forgot that that was the next one we're doing. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah, because uh, Indiana Jones is my is my thing, totally. Um, we've also got Hell yeah. Return of the Jedi. Um, as well, so two wow. two big hitters there. And um, and the funny thing is with Star Wars, is I'm currently because I've got a free subscription to Disney Plus for six months. I'm currently starting from scratch with all the Star Wars movies because I haven't really watched them for a long time. Yeah. So I'll be watching that soon anyway. So that'll be my chance to make some notes on it because I I just finished the Revenge of the Sith the other day. Right. Okay. It's been a long time uh, since I've seen those ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think you watched Phantom Menace the other day as well, didn't you? Do you know what? I like the prequels. I'm going to say it. I like the prequels. They're all right. Well, what? Right. There's one. There's a lot you can say about them. There's one thing I'd say about them is that George Lucas brought something different to the table. Um, Definitely did. Compared to the other ones that have come out, like The Force Awakens, which I I liked because you had Han Solo coming back into it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think Lucas told the sort of backstory, and there's some uh, the Phantom Menace. I mean, that fight at the end with Obi Wan Kenobi, oh. and you know, what I mean, and the, and the actual film score to that is incredible. You know, nothing yeah. else. It's really good. Yeah, it's the choreography in that is amazing. So um, yeah, okay. And that's Liam Neeson again, isn't it? Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's turned up in quite a lot of stuff when you think. about He's a, he's a busy bloke. Yeah, he's, he's just—he's always there. But, um, <laughs> all right, okay, and Dan, well, look, um, thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's always a blast when you come on. We always have fun, laughs, and segues, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, and I'm really looking forward to coming back and talking about Indiana Jones and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, man, amazing. and we've also got Nicholas Cage episode as well coming up as well at some point. Hell. So we'll we'll yeah. that in there. So um, <laughs> there's a lot we can talk about there with that, I'm sure. So, <laughs> uh, so um, there you go, guys. Um, that is the Karate Kid. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, a little bit of admin for the show. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please check out um, other shows on there, including Dan and Gav's show, Podcast on Haunted Hill. Um, I've got a Facebook page, so that's where I'm most active, so chuck anything on there, um, any movies, comments, all that sort of stuff. And you can find Bite Size Cinema um at Spotify, iTunes, um, if you put Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion into Google, you'll find a player of some sort to listen to it there. Um, and like I say, I'll be back, me and Dan will be back for Temple of Doom. I've got some other shows coming up. I've got Falling Down coming up. I've talked about doing that for a while now, so I'll be putting that one into production and a few other episodes as well. So. I'll make it a surprise for you guys. So <laughs> we all love a surprise. But um, there you go. Um, keep it bite size. Keep it safe. Remember, wax on, wax off, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that one in there. And I'll see you soon. Bye, guys.
enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.